coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Louisville is the greatest! Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Gabe, how are you? Chris, I'm going to let the audience under the hood. We are attempting, hopefully this sounds better, this podcast, like to make this, to, to make a long story short, we hopefully this podcast sounds better, but we've used this unique clapping method to ensure that we're both recording. It's our, very innovative. Our individual audios at the same time. And we laughed about it and felt like idiots. And um, so hopefully, hopefully this podcast is sounding better for you uh, if you're listening. Um, but Chris, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. And it's it's been uh, an interesting night in general for me, dude. I, I just oh, left really? Cafe 360 for the first time in, in six years. Oh, goodness. Um, oh, goodness. I, Cafe 360. I, I had dinner there. It was interesting. I walk in and there's there's stand up comedy going on. Um <laughs> Local That's what Cafe 360s up to giving their all on a on a Tuesday night. Um, what's in, in the what, Highlands, so what's the good. what's the menu look like these days at Cafe 360? <laughs> what, lots of lots of mozzarella sticks, lots of onion rings, and and things of that nature. Um, so do, the it, people, it was, do the people in the back still uh, like the people working in the restaurant still feel like they're under uh, the influence of substances? <laughs> well, it was funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> There, uh, the the comedian actually made a joke that all the waiters and waitresses were dressed like a Pirates Caribbean movie, um, and I, I thought that was really funny. And it, I mean, it was pretty unique to Cafe 360. It's it's nothing less than I would expect, but it was beautiful, man. Um, That's awesome. It, it was great. It was definitely. Yeah, I saw you uh, mention. I saw you mentioned the uh, Bonnie Castle Club uh, that you were walking around. If, if people aren't aware of the cafe 360, which was, I, I went there a lot when I was in college. That was like a, before you turned 21, you could like go, we all did. Um, before you turned 21, you could get away with things there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that there's that Bonnie Castle club, that weird door. And as, as the article I sent you, it, it, it's like a club. It's a private members only bar basically, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's such an odd looking place. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. What's funny though about Cafe Three Sixty is I think they have upped their standards a little bit because oh, you're really? no longer allowed to smoke hookah inside the actual restaurant. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was that was news to me. I mean, that I don't think that was the certainly definitely wasn't that was the case. Certainly not the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what, what's going on with that. I was definitely taking a little bit of back, but anyway. Um, we can make a seamless transition into Kevin yes. Durant because I mean that's the only thing that makes sense right now is is to talk about him. My like, we're gonna talk about some other stuff. We're gonna talk about the budget. We're gonna talk about Billy Reed because he has the city. The villain of the week, Billy. I mean, Reed. he has a city by his strings. He might as well. It's summer 2019 for Billy Reed. We're going to talk about that and some other stuff. But off the bat, I wanted to just like, I don't want to break your heart, but it does kind of feel like the best situation for Kevin Durant at this point would be to return to the Warriors. And the reason why I feel that way is almost like. 
yeah. And maybe yeah. maybe you don't feel that way. But if, if no, like, no, 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 I thought you were going to say something else. That's why like, I, I, I'm sure you heard me like open my mouth. I, I, I thought you were going to say that it was looking more likely he was going to join the Nets, which is what everything has been kind of pointing to. The, all the sources I follow. Thing. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. I don't know what's going to happen. I think pretending anything that's going to happen with Kevin Durant that you know is kind of silly in general. But it just seems like the dude can be in this situation to where and I and I kind of thought he'd be in this role like if he came back and the injury didn't happen and, and the Warriors were able to, you know, win the finals, that all that ill will he kind of built up by leaving the Thunder um, and, and taking the easy way out was going to be kind of a race. And I almost feel like that's still like can happen. Yeah. Say he comes comes back to the Warriors um, is pretty similar to how he was before. And, you know, th- this thing keeps rolling for one or two more years. I don't know, man. People, it seems like to me, people will look at him in a completely different light. I mean, and you can make that same argument for whether he goes to the Knicks or the Nets, if he's able yeah. to win there. I, I just don't know that it's going to happen. Certainly with the Nets, I really don't understand this appeal of going to Brooklyn all of a sudden for, for these guys. But, you know, I don't know. I think the appeal for, I mean, the appeal for Brooklyn is he gets, he's going to be able to play with Kyrie. Um, he gets the, he gets the benefit of going to New York while still not having to have James Dolan as your boss, which seems (laughs) utterly terrible. And, um, for a variety of reasons I don't need to go into, but I don't know. I don't think I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you've been following the Andre Iguodala, not to like switch moves from KD, but I don't know if you've been following his book tour that he's kind of been on. Didn't he have some comments today about how yeah. the, the Warriors basically told him he, uh, I, I don't know exactly. I didn't see the actual video. I saw some of the headlines, um, but basically that his injury wasn't really what the yeah. public known. Like it, he had a fracture and they were saying it was a bone bruise. And, and yeah, stuff like and that. It, basically they said, yeah, they basically, they were saying that it was just like a bruise and that he, he actually broke his leg. And I, I don't, I don't freaking know, man. It's it. I, I don't see, I don't see how Kevin would go back if he because like that's the other kind of thing I keep I keep reading is that he's like legitimately upset at the Warriors for how they handled the injury thing. Mm-hmm. And that even goes back to some of the stories we read right before the finals that the the, the Warriors were not kind of cool with the way he was rehabbing his injury. Right. And I could see there being some animosity there, even though sort of that story was out and out like tossed out the window by a lot of insiders but i don't know it, it was the guy who wrote it was was you know i think he works he, he's he's been a warriors guy for forever so i didn't i didn't discount it but anyway i don't i don't know i, I it, it does seem to me i think mark stein of the new york times tweeted yesterday or, or earlier today maybe it was that it's new york but either the brooklyn or either the nets or the knicks that 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 if his money is on one of those too. So I don't, I don't know, man. I, it is- my, 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 my hottest take right now, by the way, is that Kyrie is done. Like, I, I, I think he will never be near the player he's been in the last few years. I think he's on the down end of his career. That's just my strong appeal. I think if he goes to Brooklyn, it, it's not going to work out either. 
which I, is, I think Brooklyn is in. I, I don't think it's a good idea for Brooklyn to take Kyrie, just Kyrie. If yeah. you bring Kyrie in and Kevin Durant is coming with him, I think that works. That but I think he there. proved I think he proved in Boston that he can't lead a team out now. I think he really did prove that, which like we talk. That's that's very like first take of us to like talk about. <laughs> but it's I don't know, man, it feels like the truth. And he's just a weird dude. I'm I like I don't know if I want a guy at 7 a.m. like asking me what I think about like UFOs. And stuff. Like, that's that's not who I want to be the captain of my basketball team. That's you know that's the seventh guy. That's stuff. the seventh guy in the in the in the silly sports movie. You know that guy. He's not the captain. He's, the, the NFL has to be just loving all this because you know what else happens this week week that no one's talked about. Tyreek Hill meets with the NFL this week. <laughs> to, to, to decide Man. whether he's he's going to be playing or not this season. Oh. And that's, that's just not even been spoken about. No, it's not. So, I don't know if I you mean, uh, Yeah. I, I don't know if that meeting was today. I don't even know if it's tomorrow. I know it's this week, but that, that's just wild. They get, they got to be loving this. I mean, because they're, they're just waiting for that baton to be, to be held off. Um, <laughs> so there's no bad publicity for them. And I'm sure they're fine with this. <laughs> yeah, it's it, and we're reaching July is when camp starts. So I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about the NFL here in the coming weeks. Um, sort of the I, I actually joked with my fantasy football chat. The news came out about Cincinnati's uh, first round pick, their offensive tackle, Jonah Williams, who went to Alabama. Um getting hurt. He like hurt his shoulder and he's going to be out for the year. And I, and I tell, I texted the girls like, man, this is it. The first injury of the year, <laughs> like adjust, adjust your rankings. Sure Joe is. Mixon got a downgrade Joe Mixon. And um, yeah, it's, well, I, 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 I have no, I have no doubts. The NFL will again take over, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, they'll definitely take over, but I, I do think it seems like, Maybe the last two or three years, this time in the season, there's always been some type of bad publicity angle for the NFL, whether it's been Colin Kaepernick or, or, you know, other things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It just seems like it hasn't happened yet, which is something they probably are thoroughly enjoying. I do want to mention a little bit about the Knicks because, man, they're (laughs) – the, the James Dolan thing and and them finding the, the New York Daily News and then basically banning them from press availability is all types of funny um, to, to, to me because it, it yeah. just further further underlines that for whatever reason, at any time you can point to the press and make them the bad guy owners and teams. And it's not just the Knicks, but anyone who can do it is going to take advantage of that situation. It also happened to the Mets this week too. I don't know if you saw that story. Oh, of course I did the fight. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. It it just, just kind of funny to me. Yeah. So Um, yeah, I don't think you mentioned the Knicks got fined like $50,000 for not letting the New York post into their meetings or into some kind of uh, post-draft press conference for RJ Barrett. And man, I don't know. The, 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 as I mentioned, I'm not going to defend the Knicks' terrible front office. I do think that they're kind of their basketball guys are better than they have been in a long time. Yeah, I think their their idea of kind of saying that we're going to go all in on three players, um, and if we miss, we're going to you know go back to stage one is a good idea. Yeah, no, it seems like if they it seems like if they if they strike out, which increasingly seems like it's going to be the case. Uh, you know, screw that. That sucks. I'm so yeah. mad about that. But you know, they they've spent two years. Preparing for this free agent class, and it 
if they strike out, be an utter failure. But if they do strike out, they are going to just continue to build from the draft, which is what and I think that's the right to end up doing, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, man, it's, it, we'll see. I, I'm not, I haven't lost all hope, but it does sure seem like Kevin Durant um, is, is trending towards Brooklyn, which blows a lot. And I'm super bummed about it. So weird. It was, it was funny that the statement that the New York Knicks released was basically saying, this was the invite only thing, but it's like, yeah. it, it's RJ, it's RJ Barrett, bro. Like anyone in, in, in the city yeah. of New York should have access to that. I don't know. It, it, it was funny. We can move on. We, we can talk <laughs> some, some budget cuts because that pretty much goes in line with any New York Knicks. We might as well talk about it. <laughs> no question. Uh, yeah. So get to, to bring things back uh, to Louisville. I think Chris, we wanted to talk about the Metro council budget which sounds really sounds really boring when you mention like that, but it, it 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 is the first budget we've gotten since the major cuts were made, um, and the the city's having to pay more money to the state this year uh, for some of the pension payments, and they've had there was you know like a thirty five million dollar uh, shortfall in the budget, so that was going to have to be accounted for, and the biggest story that the budget did pass, uh, you know, I think one person voted against it, so it was like twenty five to one or so. Uh, the biggest cut is to basically the youth detention services. So sort of like the juvenile uh, detention for the city, which it's, it's going to result in every youth, you know, every, every person under the age of 18 that is held by the city of Louisville, by the Louisville Metro police is going to be transferred out of the city. The closest state facility is in Lexington. And even that one is, uh, is closed. So families are going to have to travel across the state to see their kids who are in jail for whatever they're in jail for, you know, some obviously big, but mean a lot of kids are going to be in jail for possession of marijuana which is BS and you know that I mean it's it's frightening because you're relying on the state of Kentucky to to try to fix something and God knows the state of Kentucky doesn't have people in Louisville's best interest in heart right (laughs) we don't you don't need us to tell you that um so it's it, it seems really terrible and 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 the original kind of proposition the mayor made was that, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to cut this. It didn't seem like, um, but he wanted to cut some of the golf courses, wanted to cut some jobs from a variety of departments, including police and fire departments, which bothered a lot of people. Um, but there were no cuts to the golf courses, Chris, there were yeah, the pools are closed, a, but the golf courses stayed open. <laughs> I mean, from, from an optic perspective, can you do anything worse to make minorities believe that you don't care about them more than keeping golf courses open and shutting down pools. Like, no, how uh, there's, there's not anything you can say that is more of a bigger F you than to what 40, 50% of the, the city of Louisville than, than making that statement. I, I don't, you know, I mean, me and you have talked about this time and time again, we're not going to pretend to be sociologists. We're not going to pretend that we're in the numbers on this, but there's gotta be more, there, there's gotta be something better than that, man. Yeah. You, you, you can't go out in front and I, I know that, that Greg Fisher's to blame, you know, city council's to blame. There's a lot of blame. The, the state of Kentucky's damn sure to blame. Matt Bevin's damn sure to blame. But, like, you just got to be better, man. 
Um, it's it's I, better all around, and it's it's yeah, it's it's garbage, dude. It's garbage. I I can't imagine. I, I was thinking today. I was imagining. Can you imagine if Greg Fisher wasn't reelected, and if there was a, a a new mayor, and this is what he was walking into, or this is what she was walking into? I would right. say, I guess. And in her first couple of weeks in office, um, and not to mention, you know, the homicide rates up 20, 20 percent um, compared to what it was last year. And that would my goodness. Um, and like and, and like to bring it back to the cuts, man, it's like, I mean, again, we're not sociologists, but my understanding of how this type of stuff happens is kids, you know, kids get into rough situations early. Right. And, you know, here we are you know, cutting the cutting the services that help out these these young people try and get out of the cycle of going, you know, going yeah. to jail and going to prison. And now we're going to make it harder for them. And then they're just going to end up right back where they started and, and in more difficult situations and yeah, I mean, potentially contributing to a growing you know, murder rate. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, the budget cut is the reason why people are killing people more. But I mean, there's got to be something yeah, to explain that the, the 25 percent jump compared to last year. And to furthermore, I mean, last year, the, the homicide rate was down as a whole. Historically, it was one of actually one of the lower levels that had been over the past decade. So it seemed to be trending on the decline, you know, for yeah relatively speaking to, to how it can be in the city of Louisville. So there's gotta be something to explain to that. It's just, it's a really terrible situation and it just kind of underlines uh, there, there's more to be discussed about the role that the state of Kentucky plays in this because they really truly do play a pretty significant role. Um, and, and this, you, you can't just have a, a pension that's suffering the way it is and, and not think it's going to affect some of the bigger cities because it just eventually is going to happen. And it right. just sucks, man. It, it, it really sucks. And it really sucks that the, the leaders of this city can't understand some of the optics and, and the perspective that they're putting on it. And yeah, it, it just sucks, man. And it, 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 like, it, it feels like there's no way out. And, and I just can't help but like compare you know, what other cities can do, other, you know, in other areas, they can raise money through sales tax, you know, they can, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's one of the best ideas to solve Louisville's problem is, you know, make like a 1% sales tax that just is just for Louisville. And, and that's what a lot of states have available. We can't do that. Um, can't, you know, they try to increase the, the insurance rate tax of small percent to kind of pay for some of this stuff. And that got shot down. It's, it's, it, 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 you're right. It's, it's blames all around. And it just, I mean, we do, I don't know. I don't know what more we can say, but it's just like, I do wish someone would ask at some point if we could ever get a clear answer from Greg Fisher of why there wasn't really a pursuit of raising a sales tax because there was a pursuit, but it was a half-hearted one. And yeah, I mean, no, there was that. There was that. I, there was that lift amendment. I think it was like called the lift amendment or the push amendment or something right. that they tr that they tried. I think it was like three or four years ago in the yeah. legislature, and it just it was. And I think it, it was, if I recall, what sort of the. And it wasn't just Louisville, it was Lexington. I know Bowling Green, I think, got involved, Covington as well. And what they wanted it to do is they wanted to have like an individual committee of like citizens that would vote on it. And they would say, OK, we're going to increase the sales tax one percent and it's just going to fund this project. So like, for example, like um, a streetcar downtown. 
And it had to be agreed upon by like the city and this committee. And then once that project was paid for, then the sales tax would go away. So it was like very restrictive in how the money could be used. Right. And the state was like, no, we're not going to do that. And you said that was three or four years ago? I think, yeah, maybe more. Which would have made it probably an election year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it was <laughs> I'm sure it was an even year because that's like yeah. how the this the state government works is it has to be an even year. It's much harder to pass if it's like a money thing. Right. Um, I don't know. But Kentucky does it again. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the end of the story. Um, They're always finding it the most tremendous ways to amaze us. Uh, oh, we, we can kind of leave it at that. Uh, we'll secede one of these days. Um, <laughs> the city state will be born. Um Do you have any blazing hot takes on Luke Smith that haven't been said over the last 48 hours? Because my goodness, (laughs) I were you surprised about how much that became a story? No, (laughs) because it's Louisville fans and they I don't know, man. And I, I, I tweeted like. I tweeted this screenshot from a, a group that I'm in and a person a too, so yeah, that, that, that commented and it was like, it was in regards to last night's Michigan, Michigan and, and Vanderbilt game one. And, and all the Michigan players were John and the guy's like, Oh, of course. Cause it's Michigan. They're not going to say anything, but it's Louisville. So they're going to say everything. And Jay, I actually listened to Jason Anderson yesterday and he was pretty great on this. Like, if this had been any school and they catch the dude on screen, you know, saying, you know, get the F out, you know, get the fuck out of here. Right. They're going to they're they're going to they're going to show that it doesn't matter if it's Louisville, if it's if it's Boston College, if it's UCLA, if it's, um, you know, if it's Notre Dame, like they, they're going to show it. They're going to show it. It's not just because it's Louisville. And I mean, we, for whatever reason, have had this uh, that since the NCAA thing, you know, Louisville fans have had this thing that everyone in the country has a person out to get, get them, that everyone's out to get us. And this is not true. And, and, annoying, and as my tweet joke is like, y'all make it hard sometimes. Y'all make it real hard <laughs> to, to, to defend everything. And I've joked about like the quote unquote conspiracy. I've joked, man, the NCAA making it hard for me to fight and say it's not a conspiracy. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I do you think do other fan bases do this? I don't I really like because I find myself that's, all, that's always it. the one that will never be able to like answer because I I don't I'm sure that there are some pretty interesting days in the football season to be on the Alabama football Twitter. Um, I, I'm sure that's that's an interesting fan base to be around. I'm sure there are some other football ones that are interesting, but it doesn't seem like I don't know, man, like there will be certain calls that happen. Mm hmm in the midst of a game and by the end of the game 50 percent of the fan base on twitter wants an ncaa investigation done onto why this official has it out for louisville and we just don't see it in that capacity but it's one of those things where we're so intertwined in louisville twitter that it it, it could be just how we're seeing it from our perspective but man it, it does get extremely annoying i will say that my whole take on the situation was that I mean, college baseball should love this, dude. Like, people are talking about college baseball. You got Sports Center anchors out here tweeting about <laughs> college baseball players. They should absolutely love Luke Smith, man. 
<laughs> yeah, man, that's uh, and everyone joking on that ESPN guy was hilarious. And was that the second time he's came at Louisville for something? I think so. Wasn't there something else about that? Um, oh, yeah. It was the Chris Mack interview where he kind of discarded. Um, oh, who was the, the sideline reporter? I don't remember. But but yes, that I know who you're talking times. about. That was a fun controversy. Yeah. And I say so that, listen, was the, man, that was the same, dude. I'm a person who I. I I, I, I'm more sensitive, I think, than most people about these types of things. It, you know, it's very millennial of me, um, but it didn't. I don't know, man. I, I think in the heat of the moment, you say dumb things. I've I've done so much dumb stuff. And it's like this is the like the college world series. This is this dude's like height of his like playing career so far. Are we seriously like going to be mad that he dropped an F-bomb on the mound? Are we really going to be that mad about I mean, that? And another thing, people feel compelled to like, you've got random mobile fans and just random dudes on Twitter who feel compelled to go out and point every great thing Luke Smith has done in his life. Which is to, to, also to, to kind of show, which is equally as weird. Like, but you know, like, but you know, what's going to yeah, be really yeah. interesting is that you, you, you know, you just mentioned that reminds me that I heard Max say he, he's pretty sure that, I mean, Luke Smith's one of the leaders on the team and he feels pretty confident he's going to be a captain next year. And I'm so ready for the ESPN, the the stories, every single time Louisville plays, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be Luke Smith, the team captain who (laughs) who's dropped an (laughs) F-bomb in the College World Series. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's, that's a good. Uh, that's a smooth move by Mac. It's just like a you know big F you. <laughs> I like it. But yeah. So um, one more question before we move on from Luke Luke Smith. Uh, would you have pulled him? Would you have let him go out to pitch the ninth inning? Man, like I, I to me when he when he the walk happened to me it seemed like a no brainer to pull him. I, I think I pull him on the walk. Out. I, I'm not. I would I would have definitely let him walk out for the ninth inning because the adrenaline's rolling. They would hit him. But the walk happens. He's getting pulled. I don't claim to be a baseball aficionado, but I mean, to me that that seemed like a no brainer. Um, yeah, but, I think I would have pulled him. And I get I get what he what what Max uh, sort of said afterward. And uh, he mentioned about Josh Rogers. Josh, and I was there. I was there at, at that game. And I remember being like, man, he pulled Josh Rogers. I don't know if that's smart. So I think I get that. That That's something that haunts you. And I, I don't know, man, like I I I. I, I would have pulled him, but I get why he didn't is, is sort of, yeah. I think I've sort of come to that conclusion at, at first. I was really mad that night. I think I tweeted about it a few times, um, but I, I kind of get it at that point. So yeah, I just wanted to get your vibe on that before we moved on and talked about the other big controversy this week. <laughs> Our good pal, Billy Reed. <laughs> um, this is, the biggest, this is the biggest week for Billy Reed since when? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Getting hired game. by the Courier Journal as a kid, the, dr- the, 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 the dream game, yeah. The dream game. <laughs> I think uh, so. I had to look it up. Billy Reed, I think, is seventy six. Is what I saw. Somewhere in that area, I'd say. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Billy Reed, uh, Chris, Chris, you, 
you have spent more more time in the South End than I have. Uh, if you've been living under a rock and you're not aware of the fact that Billy Reed wrote an article on wave3news.com that wasn't very complimentary of the South End. It, it was about... Um, Bellerman's basketball coach, who I uh, Scott 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 Davenport, Scott Davenport, I was gonna say McDonald, Scott McDonald, like what? <laughs> um, so he writes an article about Scotty Davenport and doesn't talk really well about the South End. <laughs> is, 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 is beyond that, the the article wasn't really well written. I mean, you just said there it was it was was about Scotty Davenport and it, it turned into a story about the South End. It was supposed to be about, you know, Scotty Davenport bringing Bellerman to Division One and kind of his crowning achievement. And it totally missed the mark in that aspect, which is let, kind me, of, let me just read these these these, these two paragraphs. I actually think he I think he edited this. Um, I just realized oh, this, oh, ch- that's even better. Oh, no, no, no. I'm oh, sorry. Shit. I, I, I misread. I misread. I, he's, he's referring to Scott Davenport instead of himself. And never mind. I'm sorry. Um, let me just read these two paragraphs really quick. Uh, the, the South End always has been Louisville's melting pot, an ethnic mix of blue collar working class people who can't afford the luxury of dreams at the neighborhood taverns. The men stare into their cold beers with hard eyes, wondering how they're going to afford this or that kids born and raised in the South end often have a strike against them from the start. Their parents just don't have the means to buy them new cars or send them to the, even the least expensive colleges. The South end is often where bleak merges with hopelessness. There are exceptions, blah, blah, blah. So basically the article is about Scotty Davenport coming from a, a, a poor area of town and, and succeeding, which is fine. I've heard, I've read that story a thousand times. Uh, hard times makes person better. Um, <laughs> but I don't think you need, I, I, I don't know, Chris, I want to, I want to clear out. I want to, I want to let you go. James Harden. ISO on this because oh, man, it, was just, it was such a like a weird the the back-to-back sentences right about the the bleak stares into into the beers at the taverns and then then the sentence about having a strike against you like it it's so disrespectful on so many levels because it, it for one it creates this this economy of like the South and that no one can make it out of it. And if you are making it out of it, you're one of the lucky few. And it, it kind of doesn't talk about, you know, believe it or not, you, you could go to Dixie highway and maybe not think this, but there are charm in, in the South end. There are some charming things about it and it totally misses the mark on that. But not only that, like it, it paints that, People from the South End are somehow more disadvantaged than any part of Louisville, which is certainly not true. Right. You're simultaneously offending people from the South End of Louisville and in the West End of Louisville, which is kind of a lazy thing for me to say. But I mean, it, it's also kind of true. And also a kind of hate it from a perspective and he, he, he touches, he says ethnic mix and, and, and we'll talk about his abilities interview with, or his, his time co-hosting the Diener show this morning. But, you know, the, there's a massive immigrant community in the South end. And for those people, 
the South End of Louisville is that was the dream making that, out, making of hope. That's a great point. Making yeah. it out of where they were. A lot of these people came from you know South Sudan or you know or, or Bosnia, where there were terrible things that happened to them and their family members. And this this is the luxury of dreams. They got it. They achieved that dream of making it out of a war torn area. So it's also really discounting those people who are a massive you know, population in the South end now. Yeah. It, 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 it just was incredibly tone deaf. Literally to me, like it, it sh- this article was just the perfect illustration of what has kind of happened to like these great writers who were great columnists for newspapers, because it, it's a product of like their environment, just like newspapers have kind of, came out of touch with with the you know the businesses around them these writers don't really know their base either i mean i mean this this just seems so like you said it it seemed so tone deaf and then the interview this morning just even seemed more tone deaf yeah and he didn't he he didn't apologize this morning on the dinner show. I, I didn't listen to all three hours. I listened to the most of the first hour. I didn't, um, you know, when I, when I got the chance and I know you sort of, um, had a conversation on Twitter about, uh, the Lloyd Gardner yeah. por- portion. And no, I think what you said about it being, it's just tone deaf and a person who I don't think understands anymore. And, it just kind of underlined. I mean, not to not to be these people as as two young people who uh, who who host a podcast about the city of Louisville, but it kind of underlined to me how like depressing it is to not see, not hear, and see young voices um, talking about these issues, or given the platform, you know, given enough platform yeah. to to converse about it. And why why is the conversation, you know, the 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 next day about this article where he basically more or less says things that are about racial undertones that are about equality and and things along that line. Why is his next public interview, his big moment, his big conversation with another retired white dude? Like the the optics of that situation make zero sense to me because that doesn't represent the people he's speaking about. Right. Shively in the South End is 54 percent black. The South End as a whole is 42 percent black. It is not white retired men. Yeah. Like they're not the ones who need to be discussing it. If they want to their opinion matters, they can have a voice, but they certainly shouldn't be the ones alone. I mean, if, if, if that's what you're going to do and that's the way you're going to broach, to me, a pretty serious subject, then just apologize and say, you know, I, I use some words I shouldn't have used. I'm sorry for it. Then move on. But if you're going to make a discussion, then have a discussion. Bring other people to the table to speak about it. Don't go on and have a conversation with Lloyd Gardner and let that be the end of it. That's just yeah, it was it was very it was. The whole the whole kind of affair strikes me very. I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this book, Chris, of uh, Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> uh, not no, to, <laughs> I am not, but it, but it sounds it sounds. It's this book Sorry. that came out in like 2017 and it was written by a guy from Kentucky. And I, I'm surprised. Yeah, it, it's 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 basically like the book that every like every conservative person has told Democrats to read in response to Donald Trump getting elected. And it kind of describes sort of how people are 
you know, white poor people have been disillusioned and like they don't have a way out. And it's and just kind of like the way that like they that like Lloyd, like Lloyd and Billy Reed kind of described the South end of their like youth um, and whatever. It, it struck me very like old fashioned and sort of like this is the way America used to be or it, it just like this idea even of like the men, the the people can't afford the luxury of dreams. I just want to like blow that like phrase up. People who can't afford the luxury of dreams because it's just like the most ridiculous notion of like people of like it just I can just see the black and white movie now of the people <laughs> the, the people at the bar and, and with I, I don't know either on their cheeks like like what I, I don't know either of these dudes like personally but I, I can tell you when they talk that the perspective that comes off to me is it's people that have shunned differing opinions their entire life and this is the result of it <laughs> I mean, this is who they are. They they think what they think, and this is the way the world is to them, and it, it's not going to change, and it hasn't changed. And let me – I mean, I, I, we sort of conversation today, like, Chris, about like – yeah, go ahead. No, I just, I just want to say like I, I don't want to totally just like – you know, beat Billy Reed to a state because I, I will tell you that, I mean, I have much respect for him. I have much respect for other writers that have been greats in the Courier Journal that have written great things. People that I grew up reading, Eric Crawford, you know, him and, and um, other people. But I mean, at some point, <laughs> you, you got to say some things. <laughs> yeah, I think it's simple. It, it just it just strikes me that it definitely did feel it absolutely felt as like a perspective issue. It's like, this is one person's perspective from when they were living in the South end, which legitimately was the 1950s. And it just doesn't jive with 20. That was literally 60, 70 years ago. It, it, it doesn't jive with what we've got going on anymore. <laughs> so I, I don't know. We, we, every, the, the, the part, the, it, just the perfect illustration was so, so I guess it was probably 10 or 15 minutes before uh, Lloyd Gardner called in and they had that conversation. They were taking phone calls and he was kind of going on about, well, I, I said some, you know, nice things about the South End towards the end of the article. And if they didn't read the full article, then I don't know what to tell him. <laughs> and then five minutes later. He proposes that Penn State should join the Big East. Yes. Yes. I forgot I'm about like, that. I did, I for, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was hilarious. It, it just – it kind of shows – It's a perfect like, illustration. It's a right perfect there. illustration of some – obviously this person doesn't know what they're talking about anymore. And I, 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 you, you mentioned that and I totally lost my original thought. Um but no, no, it's definitely it's definitely a reaction. Oh, the, here's what it is. The person I don't know if he was the first person to mention this, but Nick Roush of KSR was the first person I saw to bring it up. And I think it really that the fact that he's our age and noticed this and then. When they bring Billy on, it's just all old people talking it, it like, come on, like it, like it, you can see initially from that that the people who had problems with this are people who grew up in the South and not 70 years ago. And, right. and, and they're on Twitter because they're on Twitter. 
And then I don't know, man. And, and even like listening to some of the radio shows on all different stations, we're talking about this, um, this week, it did seem like the people who were saying, Oh, it's not a big deal where the people are like, Oh, young people just want to, uh, be offended by everything at all times. It's those types of people. The, uh, that, that you see, you see it with so many people, like, People that have been greats in media for so long and now they speak and they just sound dumber each time they talk. I mean, you see it with Mike Francesa daily. Yeah. <laughs> you, you see some of the things hey, that don't be careful. What you don't say come about the God. God. The goat. My, I'm just kidding. My Francesca, my Francesca is just a hilarious, just a yeah. comedy of errors yeah. at this point. <laughs> you see some of the things that, I mean, even some of the takes that Rick has had lately uh, about the, 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 the Zion thing. Oh, and it, I thought you meant Rick Petito. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> we can go both ways. But um, no, it, to me, like, it, it's not particularly enjoyable. Like, like I said, like, they're guys, truthfully, that, like, I read the Courier Journal sports page nine, nine, ten years old. Like I, I enjoyed doing that, and I enjoyed reading the voices and hearing these guys' opinions. But I mean, they're trash now. I mean, they, they make that abundantly clear every time they speak. They do. And it's, is what it is. It is what it is, and we'll see. We'll, Jim Sullivan still remaining relevant, though. <laughs> Shout out, so hey man, Sully. You know he he is he has transitioned into the hot take era seamlessly, and uh, hats off to Sully. Hats off, our our our, um, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Always um, Mike for Sully on this podcast. I will say that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's yeah. I think that's all we can say on Billy Reed for at this point. That's probably all it all it deserves at this point. Um, yeah. So shout out to that. Uh, it's man. It's really been quite a week on Twitter.com. It, it really has. Um, <laughs> it's because people are bored, dude. People like, are bored. It's the summer. Sports is over. You need some type of controversy. So if we don't have it manufactured for us, other people are going to manufacture it. Like it's it's just what happens. Are you are you going to talk about the whole UK global thing that's been yeah, going man. on? It's it's summer. You mentioned days. you mentioned it's summer, so the billboard wars have to continue. UK football is. Um, they're in and they're, they're they're flashing the L's down, Chris, as as yeah. usual. Um, dude. With uh, the excitement of signing a three-star wide receiver named Isaiah Cummings, who is like the third uh, best. They, they, my understanding is now UK has completed the trifecta with the three top-ranked recruits out of the city. All three for the 2020 class will be going to UK. Uh, that's great for them. I sort of just wanted to ask you, Chris, what does it, does this bother you? Are you mad online about losing Louisville recruits to UK? I don't know when the city of Louisville became such a hotbed for football players, but um, suddenly, apparently it did. I, some people, this bothers more than it bothers me, but I don't care at all. I don't care if, you know, Louisville's going to go to wherever they want to go. If they're going to go to New Mexico, to, if it means they're going to have the better players on the on the field, that's, that's really all I care about. So if, you know, Louisville's losing guys in their city, it really doesn't bother me that much. Like, it, it doesn't. Like, I don't know. Does it bother you? 
man, not now, not 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 two hundred days into the into the Scott Satterfield regime. Yeah. Um, the I guess the I mean it's 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 one thing it's one thing if they're like the the Brian Brahms or the Michael Bushes, of course, or, or guys like that are coming through and you're losing them to your rival. But if they're they're just a three star wide receiver, I or an offensive lineman or something along those lines, I'm not sure why I'm supposed to be like up in arms about that. I'm really yeah. not. And I'm not going to I mean, I'm not going to pretend that UK is not in the best position they've like legitimately ever been. Right. They 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 were. They had their best season when Louisville had their worst season, which is is just the lamest thing ever. I I hate that. They hate that. That bothers me more than anything. So Louisville has this down season. The years of neglecting the local recruits have reached their their peak. Um they're losing talents to Purdue and UK and, and whatever, but it seems like, you know, I, Keith Wynn, who's kind of my go-to of card Chronicle, my go-to recruiting guy. Um, you know, I kind of, I, I, I don't pretend to be an expert. I think you, you're the same. You don't pretend to be an expert about football recruiting. Right. Uh, I, I tend to just not follow it, uh, for, uh, except for sort of the big names. Um, and we sort of talked about this last week. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think sort of what bothered UK <laughs> fans was like the combination of Louisville fans getting really excited about three-star recruits. And then um, they were sort of able to shove this down the throat, but we got shove a Purdy so uh, they can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll come back to that in just a second, but it is funny that it, it, it literally took Bobby Petrino literally not going into the local high yes. to start getting guys from the city of Louisville. Like it, it literally took multiple years of Bobby Petrino just pretending that high schools in the city of Louisville don't exist. And that's what finally worked in Kentucky's favor. Like let's, let's point that out. That's, that's absolutely hilarious to me that that's what it took. And, and the whole thing about, you know, Kentucky having their best year when Louisville had their worst year is also hilarious. Cause who else does that happen? to that happens no, to no one yeah. like it, it, it doesn't it doesn't happen to anyone but the, but the the trouble thing is like it was it was significant because we sat here and talked a week ago that we were waiting for a guy that was kind of the face of this recruiting class to get here and it happened so you know that's good <laughs> yeah Chubba Purdy the uh, four-star recruit from Arizona which I, man I, I not, not not to be like all uh, go back and find the records of things, but that's gotta be like one of the biggest recruits we've gotten from the West coast, you know, like it seems like, it seems like Scott uh, Satterfield has been like kind of all over. It doesn't seem like they really have like a hotbed area per se yet. I could be yeah. wrong on that, but it, it just seems like a lot of these guys are kind of from everywhere. Yeah. So I didn't realize that this guy's older brother uh, is the quarterback for Iowa state. Okay, I believe he's a starting quarterback for Iowa State, which is really interesting. Um, He was heavily considering Michigan State, which is a good you know, he's got a good offer. He's a four star quarterback. Um, You know, these are the, you know, Arizona State, you know, Cal, Illinois, you know, Colorado, Kansas State, Michigan State, Purdue. You know, these are the types of schools we want to see. We want to see the recruits who end up coming to Louisville, you know, like that's their offer sheets that, that those are the types of, you know, teams, not like Western Michigan, you know, like we've seen for some of these other guys. Um, 
so it's it, it, it's definitely really cool. He was on the front of the newspaper. I, I tweeted out the picture, <laughs> front page Chuba, and the dude's name is Chuba Purdy, and uh, it's absolutely fantastic. It's legendary. Like, I, I will tell you though, if you go to like, so if you go to like SB Nation, or if you probably go to some of these other fan sites and see it, I, I just happen to see it on SB Nation. But it, 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 like Michigan State wrote a story about you know him coming to Louisville over the Spartans, and their fans were legitimately mad, like <laughs> like that he chose Louisville. So that, I mean that should that should tell you something that uh, there are a lot of people that actually believe this this kid is a real deal, and, and you yeah, know man. hopefully he is. This is going to be um, the straw that breaks the camel's back and gets Mark D'Antonio fired. Uh, losing yeah. Chubba Purdy, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be the one. Oh, man. Yeah, so that was that's fun. Uh, recruiting, you know, the billboard wars, they've got to continue. <laughs> it's like it's right on schedule almost every time. Like you can count on it. Like you can count that it's going to rain this week in Louisville. Like every time late June into July, there's always going to be a few Twitter wars, probably once a week that involves a notable Kentucky media member and a notable Louisville media member. And it's going to continue through the rest of the summer. And it's just lovely every time. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, we're getting we're getting a we're 100 percent getting a billboard, right? Like, I, I, I just want a billboard. That's the billboard wars are fantastic. And it's just like so stupid. And so I enjoy it so much. It's the fun, yeah. dumbest stuff that only this rivalry can dream up. I can't wait. Uh, I saw a video. I, I saw a video of. um What's that guy's name? The 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 linebacker who's very Kentucky for UK. What's <laughs> very oh Cash Daniels. Cash Daniel had the L's down. And, All you had to uh, say was very Kentucky. Very <laughs> Kentucky. Um, and the, what's his name? Not Jerry Tip. Not uh, not Jerry Tipton. Our favorite uh, uh, pseudo racist uh, UK fan account. Um, uh, <laughs> tweeted. Oh, can't even help but not have the the L's down and like. What the? Not, it's weird not, because like, not to, they, yeah. they 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 rep that like they enjoy that their players do that, and to me it just seems so weird. Like homeboys just like in some type of random ass award ceremony, and that's what he's standing there doing. I don't know, man. That that just seems really strange. Strange to me. Yeah, I know it is. It is super strange, and I don't know, man. We'll we'll see for sure. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> got about ten minutes left here. Do you want to uh, talk about the story that was written? I guess it was an op-ed and in insider little Yeah, so about I, this this soccer league idea. Yeah, so I thought I that wanted, was a cool story. Yeah, I wanted to mention it because the Women's World Cup is happening. Uh, the USA is playing France on Friday. It's the biggest game so far. Basically, the World Cup final, the two best teams in the world. Um, and with, with I, I've started to see more and more people locally sort of getting into the World Cup now that we're in sort of the groups. We're out of the group stage and into the knockout tournament. Um, and so I saw this story and inside a Louisville person said, should Louisville be pursuing a national women's soccer league team? The, the story is a case for professional women's soccer in Louisville. Um, basically sort of saying, Hey, the, you know, the women's game isn't just the world, the world cup. There's an, the national women's soccer league, which I, my understanding, there's a ton of really good players, both from the, the U S women's team, but also globally that, that play in this league. 
Um, they had a higher average attendance than the USL, which is the the league that um, the league that Lou City is a part of last year. Um, and it, and there's there's some there's some precedents for teams that aren't that that aren't um, directly related to MLS teams to exist. I think North Carolina is used as an example. They um, they're a sister club of the USL team in 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 Raleigh, North Carolina. And this person um, I'm lo- losing their name, uh, Andrew Oost, uh, suggests mm-hmm. that Louisville City could you know could do the same thing could could offer a, a and create a franchise for professional women's soccer in Louisville. And I sort of just wanted to get you know what what did you make of this? You know, Chris, what did you honestly like. I think a situation like this is like an incredible investment opportunity um, for for the city of Louisville to to get with, you know, a, a relatively obviously we've seen what soccer has done. I, I think I was talking to like an Uber driver a few weeks ago just about the rise <laughs> of soccer in, in Louisville, about how it kind of seemed like it, it perfectly paralleled with uh, Kim Lola and, and the rise of L soccer at the collegiate level. And then, it, you know, obviously it. it came to Lou City who dominated for three years in a row but like it, it seems like to me like this would be the perfect thing to add if you're not going to get an MLS team you know just go ahead and do something like this because like you said like we see it all the time I mean just locally that there's a lot more there's going to be a watch a few watch parties at uh, three o'clock on our Friday um, for that USA France game that I've seen on Facebook that are you know businesses are prepping for that they're going to have people to, to watch a women's world Cup game, so I I couldn't understand why this wouldn't work in Louisville. Um, so yeah, man, I I'm totally down with it. No, I'm 100 down, and I do think it's interesting, sort of when we talk about like the professional sports and Louisville thing. Um, you know, not to I I know a lot of Louisville City fans do say that that Louisville City is is a professional team. I understand that the guys are are paid to be professional <laughs> soccer players. I get that, but it's not it's not the MLS, right? So that's, you know, that's the goal is for Louisville to have an MLS team. And and I, I do kind of like this idea of this being sort of an alternative. And listen, I mean, that soccer stadium is getting built and it's it's not going to be. I mean, what they have 20, 25, you know, I think with with tournaments, maybe 30 home games at the max. So probably in that area. I would say, so yeah. what? There's a, a ton of other days that the stadium could be used. I think this is definitely what's I mean, what's the downside here? I mean, we should we should if anybody should know about things being built that have a lot of vacant dates, it should be the city of Louisville because we can look to the KFC Yum Center um, and, and go down that whole rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, yeah. man, I don't, I don't understand that there isn't like a really like downfall at all for and I would be like surprised if this hasn't already been discussed like he kind of alludes to it here I I think this is probably something that has been discussed and probably explored because like to, to me for whatever reason and I literally have no numbers to back this up at all but to me it as a whole, it seems like that women's sports, particularly in the state of Kentucky, have grown a little bit. And I think this would just be a tremendous step to to, to keep that growth going. Oh, absolutely. And I think I think you've seen the Louisville women's basketball team yeah. receive a ton more attention. Um, uh, and I think a lot of that is is just thanks um, to to Coach Walls and what he's done. Um so yeah, this this could go right hand in hand with that. I I, I definitely definitely agree with that. 
So we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I agree. I, I, it is sort of hinted upon in, in my understanding with the Louisville City fans. And I believe this guy is pretty heavily involved. He works for the he, he's involved with the Coopers, the um, the fans of the uh, of Louisville City. My understanding is those guys are pretty, um, pretty, pretty well plugged into what the front office of Louisville City is thinking. So I wouldn't be shocked uh, if this is sort of a kind of a floated idea just to see engage the interest um you know so yeah i mean i i would say just like you want to keep these conversations going like i I would rather see more things like written about this and more things in the news about it to to really get that perspective but yeah man i'll look forward to it you got anything else here at the end that you wanted to get to no, no, no. I, I I think that's about it. I think it's it's been quite it's been quite interesting week as as I'm as I said. I, it's it's been I don't know. I I, I joke tweeted on on uh, on Monday morning. It's like ready for another week here on Twitter.com, and it, it already <laughs> feels like it's been a full week. Like so much has happened. Even though I mean, like the Billy Reed stuff was last week, but it feels like we've already like we've been through a whole week news cycle and then man, we get, we get some democratic debates starting tomorrow night. That's going to be real fun. <laughs> oh, man. I'm already dreading uh, a lot of it. Like the, the, the democratic social media game is going to put me into shreds. I'm just literally going to to burst into a ball of flames by by the we, end of 2020. We have uh, we have uh, 15, 14 months to talk about that, Chris. So I won't I won't get into it now. We'll save uh, it. We'll save that one for another day. But thanks for joining me, Chris, and thanks for everyone who's listening to the podcast. Hopefully, it sounds better for you. <laughs> we'll we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Yeah.